0: Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm Regina Lawrence, your host. I'm a lawyer turned soulful business strategist and transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community, All The Things Business. I've created a community of women who can truly be all the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be a person that societal norms dictate anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can be whoever we want to be, and that person can be all the things in one. Each week, I'll bring you episodes where we dive deep into business, entrepreneurship, and a whole host of topics to help us dive into who we truly are so that we can really be all the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hey guys, I know that starting a business can be really complicated, confusing, scary and there's so many moments when you're starting your business or when you're pivoting your business you feel really really confused and like you have no one to talk to i totally understand that because when i started my coaching business i felt like i didn't know what i was doing i felt like i tried a million things and i would hit dead ends and i would just try and try and try and try Luckily, I was able to figure it out, but I had to take the long way. And that is exactly why I am the business coach that I am because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried all of the things and I know what works in creating, scaling, and pivoting your online and coaching business. If you are needing a friend, if you are needing a coach and somebody to hold your hand through this crazy process of growing your business online, schedule a free 30-minute virtual coffee chat with me. Go to my website, reginalawrence.com, and click schedule a virtual coffee chat, and we can hop on and talk about one particular issue in your business that you are struggling with right now. And by the end of that 30 minutes, I promise you that you will have a solution. Once again, it's www.reginalawrence.com and click schedule a virtual coffee chat. I cannot wait to talk to you and help you unravel anything that you are struggling with in your business right now. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of All The Things Podcast. I am your host, Regina Lawrence, and today we have such a brilliant, beautiful soul on the podcast. Today our guest is Vanessa Ringel. She is the founder of Gravitas, which is a neurocoaching company that has empowered hundreds of women to manifest love. She's a certified spiritual psychologist and a neuro-linguistic programming expert, as well as having a professional background as the head matchmaker at Three Day Rule. She has an MBA from Regents Business School, and that has allowed her to connect with lots of women globally. And she is proud to be from Guadalajara, Mexico. She is beautiful. She's brilliant. Everything we talk about on the episode today ranges from her career that started in marketing that brought her into the world of matchmaking and then from being in the world of matchmaking she realized that a lot of people were repeating patterns of behavior and who they were seeking to love and that brought her to have an awareness about herself and to really make epic changes on a soul and mind level and she has taken everything that she has learned, all of the education. This woman is so, so educated. She's not the average manifestation coach you find on Instagram. She has done this work in her own life, has manifested the love of her life, and coaches and teaches clients how to do the same thing. I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. It's so good. It's so valuable. Make sure you go and follow Vanessa over on Instagram at the Gravitas, B-E-G-R-A-V-I-T-S. On Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Be Gravitas. And then on LinkedIn, she's also at Be Gravitas and her website is www.begravitas.com. Enjoy this episode, guys. I'm so excited for our guest on the podcast today. Anyone who follows me or spends time with me on social media, you know that I'm constantly talking about how do we bring abundance into our business and manifestation is something that in this later part of my journey in life, I've really started to dive into and a dear friend of mine who has also been a podcast guest, Magic Nicole Myden introduced me to today's guest. I'm so excited to have. Vanessa Ringel today on the podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Regina. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I'm so excited for you to be here too. So Nicole told me that she met you back in the day when you were working in the business of matchmaking. Is that right?
1: That is correct.
0: (laughs) How does somebody become a matchmaker? How did you get into that?
1: Yes, I actually hired um, and, and trained Nicole back in the day when she was a matchmaker for a minute Um, and yeah, so I, I became a matchmaker and also there's a short story and a long story. I think I'll tell you the, somewhere in the middle. So basically I, I, uh, I, you know, I had a normal job. I was in marketing. I was, um, you know, marketing director for a startup and I had worked in startups and I had an MBA and I was kind of in that world in London. And then, but it just didn't feel fulfilling. Like it didn't feel like I was doing something that really mattered, that made a difference. And I wanted, I always cared a lot about meaning about why I was doing what I was doing. So I actually uh, sought out a coach at the time. And I never had any experience with coaching, but I sought out a coach because I felt so kind of like, I felt unhappy with my life, even though I had achieved everything that I thought that I should want, you know, like I was, you know, I had the boyfriend who wanted to marry me, who was a banker and I had, you know, I was living in a nice apartment and I had a good job. And, you know, and in and a time when a lot of people couldn't get a job and it was a creative job. And, and so everything should have been fine, but it just felt like something was missing. Like I was kind of like doing it for someone else, not for myself. And so when I tapped into like my subconscious through this coach, it became clear to me in one session uh, by I, I got hypnotized, like I did hypnosis and, and I didn't even think I could be hypnotized, but in that session, it became super clear to me that I was meant to be a matchmaker, that my purpose was to help people find love. And that, that was what really mattered to me. And that, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a vehicle for that and to help people with that. And so in that, like, I came out of there, like I'm moving to LA I'm breaking up with this boyfriend. This is not right for me. Like, and I'm going to be a matchmaker. And and then I was like, and now how, how do I become a matchmaker? Like, like the question you're asking, how do you become a matchmaker? Like it was not a job you could find on job boards, my, you know, my college or my, my MBA, were not going to, they were not going to set me up with that job. So um, I basically just put it out there into the universe. I was just like, I'm a matchmaker because like, you know, you, you got to fake it till you make it. So I, I believe that once you when you decide you're going to be something and you're going to do something, it's like really embodying it is key. So I decided like I am a matchmaker (laughs) and this is what I'm going to do. I just started matchmaking people and I started just doing it like without getting paid or anything in the beginning. And then I put it out there and very quickly I was connected to three day rule uh, who had just been on shark tank. And, um, and, and I joined right when they were on shark tank. And then I was their first, like first I was, you know, a matchmaker, full-time matchmaker. And then, I became their first director of matchmaking. And so I was hiring and training matchmakers all over the country and, uh, you know, overseeing events with, because we we partnered with match.com. So overseeing singles events and, uh, and yeah, it was just, it was such a wild run. It was so exciting. It was so interesting to be able to, to work with so many inspiring people, you know, on their love life. And I mean, there was everything from like professionals to, you know, to billionaires, to celebrities, to like all kinds of people that just were not going to do the online dating and who were just, where they were struggling in relationships. And so they would come to us as matchmakers and we would, you know, we would help them find what they wanted, but sometimes what they wanted was not what they, what was really what they wanted. You know, it's like, they thought they were, they were drawn to certain things that were not really, um, suited to to who they really were and like they were they were kind of doing it for the wrong reason so I started as a matchmaker this is like my I guess longer story is yeah I, I realized through that experience that that so much of it is an inside out job so much of it is uh is patterns you know in the subconscious mind and what people are drawn to so so yeah, my purpose stayed the same, but how I do it is different now. <laughs> and I mean, I still actually do matchmaking as well. So I, I, um, not myself, but I am connected with three-day rule. And so I, I set people up with matchmakers, uh, through three-day rules still.
0: That's amazing. What was that transition for you? Because like you said it very like quickly, but you went from being a woman who was in a more of a corporate setting and you were like, I'm, I'm setting the intention and I'm doing something completely completely different what what was that like for you to go from marketing to matchmaking
1: yeah that's a great question it felt like I I stopped walking in someone else's shoes and started walking like the path that was meant to be for me that was my life my unique uh like it it was it was so specific to me to have that job like it was all of my uh my gifts, my qualities, like the ways in in which I wanted to make a difference in the world. so it was like part of it was altruistic in that way it's like I wanted to do something good and make it a positive difference and help people, and then another part of it was also just like really being authentic to myself and to to who I am because the marketing job was was fine and it was interesting, but it was it it didn't have like great meaning for me like it didn't feel like that fulfilling. And, um, I was marketing, uh, like a, like a demand side platform, which is like a, which I mean, it was kind of cool, but it's like retargeting of ads, um, in mobile. And it was the first one in mobile. And I mean, I just felt like, ugh, like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm marketing, like targeting people on their phone with ads. Like it just, and, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it didn't feel like aligned with my purpose. And so when I, when I, I never had had that access to my purpose or to my, to my own intuition or my own voice, because I, I kind of up until that point, I was my early twenties. I was very much living for everyone else. I was trying to be impressive. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to show people that I, you know, I could make it and that I could be, you know, that I could, um, like, like, yeah, that, that, that I was worthy, like all of that. Like I had a lot of, you know, limiting beliefs and a lot of, uh, lack of confidence. And so it was, it was not really, like I hadn't found my voice. And so I was, I was, you know, doing everything to be cool, to be impressive. And then once I did this work, this inner work, the coaching work, suddenly it was like, I could listen to myself. Like the, the typical jobs were not for me, like the typical, like, you know, looking back, like I was always meant to be an entrepreneur. I was always meant to have my own business. But that was terrifying because I didn't have experience. I was in my early twenties and I just, I didn't even know where to start or in what, like, what is my business going to be? And so, you know, I think it's like when you find your, your passion and your purpose, it's like, that's where the business comes from. I mean, now with my coaching business, it's like, I have so much um, passion for it. And I see, I see so much, uh, I see so much happening for it in the next few years. Like I have a lot of big plans for it and ways in which it's going to grow. And, It's just organic. It's very natural. It's like an extension of me because it's all part of my purpose.
0: Totally, I love that. And I had a very similar experience to you when I decided to leave law. I was like scared because I had done the thing that I was supposed to do and been the good girl and had a had the had the partner that I was living with and doing all the things and realizing like this is not my highest purpose. I could do this forever and I could be successful, which it sounds like you were the same way. You could have you could have done it and been successful at it and kept going, but it wasn't the most fulfilling thing for your soul.
1: Yeah. And life is short, you know, and you, and you realize like, and for me it was, I don't even think I could really do it forever. Like I, I was doing well and it was fine, but my, like my skin started turning kind of greenish. Like when I look back and I, my body was having like physical reactions to it. Like I just wasn't, It didn't feel right to me in my body or in my heart, or you know, it just it was just going through the motions and forcing myself. Like every day felt like like a fight to force myself to stay with the guy, to force myself to go to the job, to force myself to do all these things that didn't feel right to me. And so it became this, you know, it started to feel like depressing, you know, it started to feel like, oh, like I didn't look forward to my days. Like, oh, I have another day at work. And, and I feel so badly for people that have to go to work every day and, and dread going to work and yes. are waiting for the weekend. They're just like living for the weekend because I kind of went through that uh, at that point. And I just, I can't, that's, I feel like that's no way to live.
0: I remember waking up in the morning to go to work when, towards the end thinking, oh, I can't wait till I can come home and go to bed tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. I never have that thought anymore, ever
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, you're
1: living your passion too, and it's like when you when you're in that zone, it's like you're excited to do what you're doing every day. you wake up and it's like, oh my God, the things that I have lined up and the all you know the the podcast or the the clients or the whatever I'm doing that day it's like I'm excited for it, and you know sometimes it's it can be scary because it's like outside of my comfort zone, but I love that, like I love challenging myself and doing something outside my comfort zone versus just like you know, in that marketing job I had, which was great. It became very redundant. It became like, you know, every week felt similar to the last week. And I I couldn't really, I didn't feel like I was growing that much as a person in the beginning I was, but then it just kind of became very, uh, the word like, like this, like, (laughs) like, like you hit a plateau. Like I hit a plateau very quickly. And because I love learning, I feel like this is definitely meant to be the career for me because I'm obsessed with growth and learning and development. And I think most jobs I would kind of hit that plateau and get bored at some point. But when it's your business and it's, and it's about growth, then there's always new learnings and new
0: levels. Absolutely. So you get in, you get into the matchmaking business. And now what you're doing is like a, I, I see it as like a deeper level, fuller extension of the first step, which was matchmaking. So explain to the listeners what you do now and how, You started this business that's entirely yours. Yes, I would love to. So, this is really about
1: manifesting love from the inside out. So, you know, as a matchmaker, I, I worked with so many people, and you know, a lot of them matched successfully. And you know, people who came and they knew what they wanted, they were in alignment for it. And sure, so we would match them and it would work. And so we had a lot of success. But a lot of people also were not in alignment for what they wanted so they either didn't feel they deserved it or they um they would be going you know over and over for certain kind of dynamics and patterns that didn't work for them and so they you know they would come to us they could pay a lot of money and we could match them and but they would just keep going for the same thing so if they if you know women who are going for unavailable men they'd be drawn to the same unavailable men you know and and or men who went for, you know, women who were, let's say they would be like, oh, like the the past relationships with women who were too masculine and too, let's say, uh, you know, like would put them down or something like that. And, and then they would, but then they would go for that again. So they would go for, again, for women who was like putting them down and being very, you know, aggressive. And, and, and it was just interesting for me to see that, to see how, how rampant that was, how how many people are stuck in their patterns. And then at the same time, you know, while being a matchmaker, I was stuck in my patterns <laughs> dating. So I was dating and I couldn't make my relationships work either. And I was like going for the same kind of thing as well. And I kept being like, why do I keep attracting the same thing, the same situation that isn't working for me either. And it was so frustrating. And then I, I felt some of that foster syndrome because I'm like, you know, I'm matching people and giving advice and feeling like I don't really have it like I don't know what I'm doing either yeah. and you know and I'm in my early 20s and like I was talking a lot of the clients were in their 40s you know much older and I felt like wow I need to figure this out for myself first so then I you know I ended up leaving and going to an ashram and that was like the beginning of my spiritual awakening and like my trainings and my uh kind of my obsession with the subconscious mind
0: and how old were you at this point when this was happening
1: um, mid-20s. I want to say like 25, 26, something like that. I was like mid-20s, maybe 26 um, And well, when I left the matchmaking, I was, I was actually older. Maybe I was like 27, 28. It's so it's so hard. It all blends together, but I know like I started this whole journey 10 years ago. So it's been like 10 years between like the matchmaking and the, uh, and the coaching. Okay. So uh, so yeah. And, and both were, I feel fundamental to to where I'm at today, because having all that experience as a matchmaker was, was, yeah, it was like four minutes. I feel like I got a PhD in psychology from that and then, uh, or like, you know, in terms of like the experience of it experientially. And then after that, I, you know, I I did a master's in spiritual psychology and uh, neuro-linguistic programming and is trained in hypnotherapy and all of these tools of the subconscious mind and so I work with a lot of energetics and with, um, somatic, uh, somatic exercises. So it's like the body and the heart and the spiritual realm. And so all the different realms, uh, which, you know, depending who I'm, I'm talking to, who I'm working with, but like everything that's really getting in people's way to create what they want. And offline, I work with people on anything, like anything that they want to create, and that they're feeling blocked or stuck in, I can help them to create that uh, by rewiring whatever's been blocking them. So seeing the limiting beliefs and then changing them, changing the perspective, changing going to the root of when those beliefs came and seeing them from a different perspective and basically changing those beliefs so that then they have a whole new path forward. And it's, it's all in the subconscious mind. Like so much of what's driving your life is your subconscious mind. It's like the rats in your basement <laughs> if they were running your house, <laughs> but you don't know that they're running your house. So, or like you wanna drive somewhere, you wanna go somewhere and you think that, you think that you're in control, but actually there's a driver and it's, he's taking you somewhere else. <laughs> so like that's what happens when people find that like they keep having similar situations happen to them and it feels out of their control. It's the subconscious mind running the show.
0: When you started this journey, when you were having your spiritual awakening and you discovered all the different modalities and tools that you're now using with your coaching clients, um, what was the biggest transformation or shift that you underwent that like pivoted you into this business?
1: Yeah. So as I was learning all that, I mean, I think when I left matchmaking, I had a sense of this this great curiosity and interest in the mind and how the mind works,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so then as I learned those tools and I started studying all of that for myself, really first, it it was like a it was something I wanted to to be able to um, to help myself because I was struggling with different things. I had you know I had struggled as a teenager with depression, and I had struggled with different um, different things that felt very out of my control, and so. I was like, i want to I want to feel like unshakable and I want to feel I want to feel totally in alignment with my purpose and I want to feel um, fulfilled and I want to feel love and I want to feel all these things joy and and it felt out of my control. I felt like a leaf in the wind. like things would happen to me. And so when good things happen, I was really happy. When bad things happened, I'd be you know really thrown off and and it, everything affected me so much because I was sensitive. I was really sensitive. and so then it was really like me trying to learn all this for myself. But then in learning all of it, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe more people don't know this. I can't believe that they don't teach us this in school. Like everyone should learn this in high school. It's like how to regulate your emotions, how to, um, how to, you know, how to create stories and beliefs that, that work for you, yep. that, that help you instead of hurt you and how to tap into your subconscious mind and into your intuition and all of that like we're not taught that and so i i i felt like i felt compelled to share like i was just so fascinated and then it just became it happened very naturally like the coaching just i got clients without even trying really like it just they at first i thought i was going to do retreats and then but i just people as i was selling the retreats, people just wanted to work with me and then i ended up just being a coach uh, at first I'm just being a coach, but being a coach, you know, have, seeing people in my house and very organically being a coach. And then it was all referrals. And they had a lot of success from the work they did with me. And so they referred me to all their friends. And then it was all like that, like word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and I went like that, you know, very comfortably for years. Uh, but I felt called to go online and to be able to work with more people and have a bigger impact And so it's really in the last year that I've gone online. So, you know, I had wanted to, I had the intention to, but I had my own fears and things that were blocking me from that. And it was just terrifying to me, uh, public speaking, (laughs) like um, as it is, you know, it's like the number one fear in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Number two is death. (laughs) Number one is public speaking. So I was, I was on that boat and I was like terrified. And so I knew I was like, Oh, I want to do online, but I was also like, Oh, I'm not such a social media person. And, and so I just kept like resisting it. So I just, and it was so easy. Like my clients, you know, I get referrals all the time and I don't do this for like the need to like, I don't, it's not for the money. It's like, I do it because, because this my passion and I, I like my clients to invest, but it's really to invest in themselves, to invest in their own vision. So um, yeah, as, as, as I've taken it online, like that's, it's been a whole new world, a whole new ball 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 game or something. Yeah. A whole new ball game. But it's been very exciting. Like what's manifested in this year, it blows my mind. Because like once I did get aligned and I hired a coach that helped me to get really aligned with it, with what, you know, this having a greater impact and and taking it online. And and then yeah, I mean I've been, I've been featured in all these magazines. I've had had TV, like I've been I've yeah, I've been placed in TV and podcasts, and all of these things have manifested super quickly once I was aligned for it. So it's been very—I'm very grateful, and it's been—it's been very exciting.
0: Something that you didn't share yet today, but that you and I have talked about before, is one of the big things that happened when you really started to do the inner work and undergo your own transformation was you manifested your own love, right? Yes. yes. That. Yes, I did. Yes, I
1: manifested a bit, the love like- of my life, my husband.
0: Yeah. What was that? Can you share a little bit about the about manifesting your husband through your own journey and work?
1: Yes, absolutely. I, uh, see, I kept going. I had my pattern. I kind of noticed at some point, this was actually when I was 29. So I hit 29, and I was like, oh, like I'm almost 30. And I thought by 30, I would definitely be married, and I, you know, like that was like my, my, the oldest I could have imagined getting married was 30. I mean, at the time I wasn't even that old, but I thought it was like so old. Cause I also grew up in Mexico where like everyone was married at 20. Um, and so I was just like, oh my God, I'm in a deaf, I'm 29. And like, I just, I felt like, you know, this is not like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but this is not working. Whatever I'm going for is just not working for me. And so I I became aware, you know, through these tools, because I'd already studied all of this, and I started applying it to my love life. So seeing what are my patterns, what have I been going for, like, what what do I keep going for and why, and then seeing the dynamic that was very, it stemmed from my dynamic, you know, in childhood with my parents, my mother specifically, and like, how I had kind of wanted to be her therapist. So I had kind of taken the role of being like therapist. And so I kept, that felt really comfortable to me. And so I kept picking men where I could be like their therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I realized I don't want that. I don't want a guy who was like full of issues where like I need to be his therapist and like he's all, you know, messed up. Like, you know, even though that's familiar and then I feel valuable. So like ultimately what came up from that was like, why, you know, that was my worth. Like I felt like that's what's going to make a guy like me is that I can be his therapist and I can help him with his mental issues, but then I realized, you know, no. Like I had to realize, like if I'm with a guy who has it together and who's really, um, you know, is is like all the things that I want, like why would he want me? Right. And then it was like it was a sense of like of self worth of like changing my okay my value is not that like I have all these other gifts and I have all this other value and I can put that into my work like the being a therapist and the being a coach but like, I don't want to be that to my, to my partner, to my, to the love of my life. Like, I don't want to have to be that. I want, like, I feel like, yeah, like I want someone who's going to be an equal or even like, who's going to inspire me to be better. Mm. And so, you know, I, I did that work and it was like in, I went for three months to Southeast Asia and Bali. And I, um, I did yoga training there. And then I, uh, and then I went to Peru and I just, I did a lot of traveling by myself where I spent time with myself and I did a lot of these tools where I, I got really, um, I got to know myself, like, what is my worth? What is my value? Why am I, why am I amazing? And it's nothing to do with how I look or how much money I make or, you know, all of these external things. Like I got in tune with it being like an intrinsic thing, my, my value, my worth. And so, and then I met, I met him like immediately after that. It was crazy. Like I manifested him like, like, like right after, like, and, it blows my mind how quick it was and how easy it was and how, um, yeah, how, how natural, how natural it was when I met him because he, he treated me the way I was treating myself. So once I started talking to myself differently and, and embodying that, it was like, I attracted someone who was, was similar, who was also like very loving and who was very generous with me and very, uh, very, like, just so sweet and so uh, together. And, you know, he, he, like, he was just, like, my rock, you know, <laughs> and just so different than any guy I had dated before. Uh, and and it was uncomfortable. And I should say it was very uncomfortable at first because I was, like, you know, oh, my God, like, he's, he's so successful and he's so this and he's so that. And, like, and I felt, you know, scared. There was a lot of lack of trust. Like, is he for real? Like, what's wrong with him? Like, I kept trying to find what was wrong with him. Yeah. And then but I kept having, you know, I pushed myself outside of my comfort zone with it. And, and also uh, to go for something different, you know, it was a different dynamic. It was not as like these, you know, other guys I did before, it was very melodramatic. You know, I I liked the, like, it's like very, it's the word, like, it was just very um, hot and like hot and up and down and, you know, and just a lot of fighting and a lot of drama. And like with him, there wasn't that. So it's like, I also had to like level up with my energy and my vibration because when I was in that place of, I was in a place of inner peace. And so then I attracted that and it felt good versus I think before I would have maybe been bored because I I was drawn to all the the drama.
0: (laughs) Totally. I love that. We were actually just talking about this the other night, me and my girlfriends, when you attract the type of man you really want, um, you still are used to maybe some of the toxic habits and traits that became the norm. Mm -hmm. in a past relationship and so then when you're meeting somebody who is really whole and you have a beautiful fulfilling relationship you're like wait why aren't you doing all those toxic things that i became so used to oh right because those are patterns of behavior that i don't want in my relationship anymore
1: yes yes like jealousy or something like that like i had you know my exes were always like very jealous and that was like a way of feeling loved. But then I realized, no, I don't want, I want a guy who's confident. Like I want to be able to like go out and do whatever I want and see my friends. And like, I'm a very social person. Like I don't want to be with someone jealous. It's actually doesn't serve me. And, and my husband now is not jealous. Like at all. I mean, sometimes slightly, but like almost never. Cause he's just very confident. Um, I mean, if a guy comes up to me and like starts talking to me or like calls me or something, he like, he'll say something, but he's, you know, he's very, um, yeah, he's, he's very confident. Like he's okay with me going out there in the world, doing my thing, he, he like helps me be my best self. And he is on board with that, with my plan, with my vision for my life. Like he doesn't need to keep me small. And that was something I used to go for, these guys that were threatened by me being successful or by, be, by me kind of, me being what I really wanted to be, like me shining or me, me doing what I wanted to do would threaten them. And so they'd have to like kind of keep me down and, and keep me small. And, I, and that was, you know, that it was suffocating. And I feel like in the long run, I, I couldn't have been happy with that because I could have kept myself small to please them, to, you know, to please their egos and make them feel comfortable. But then I would be uh, negating myself and my own, my own soul, my own purpose, my own dreams, just to make someone else happy. And I feel like we should all, and as women, I think we do that a lot. We, we, we minimize ourselves and, you know, to be liked, we care a lot about being liked and about, you know, and I won't say all women, but it's, it's, a, it's a more of a women issue of like wanting to please. And so it's, it, and it can be, I mean, it, it's sad because it's like so many women have so much, like so many gifts and so much potential to be these like big, uh, these big forces of nature in the world. And, and they block themselves because they don't want to threaten their husband they don't want their husband to feel threatened or their parents to be, um, you know, I don't know, for their parents to, to outshine their parents or, you know, things like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I've had this conversation with women a lot, especially in the spiritual community. Like there's a lot of conversation right now around masculine and feminine energy. And sometimes I feel like the the spectrum or the pendulum has swung and where like sometimes women who have like Are have a a bold personality and are strong women, I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, it's so masculine. And I I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I think you can be strong and confident and assertive and very feminine, Mm. but oftentimes women with that are kind of shamed a little bit or feel a little ashamed. And they're like, oh no, like I can't be bigger than I can't have a bigger presence than the man I'm with or whatever Mm -hmm. What you were just saying.
1: Yeah. And a lot of men are threatened. Like, like for sure, there's a lot of men who will be threatened and it's because, you know, if their ego is, you know, a bit fragile and you are, you know, like, like a lady boss or a girl boss and, and you go out there and you, you know, you are just like very in charge and you have a big presence. Like that will definitely be, you know, something that a lot of men might feel intimidated by, or they might feel, um, you know, like they can feel emasculated by it, but that it's only men that are not that secure. So if they're insecure or if they're not fully, you know, they're not fully realized themselves, so once they are in a place where they feel fully, you know, realize themselves and confident and like they're doing the things that they want in their life and in their world. It's like then then they want that for you because then they know it's like we're all connected.
0: Yep. And
1: so it's like they they want you to shine, they want you to thrive.
0: Totally. And
1: it's and it's attractive to yeah. them, to those guys. So it's interesting. I thought it was safer to go for, you know, subconsciously I thought it was safer to go for guys who were not confident I yep. felt like if they were insecure and then they if they had issues like it was then they're less likely to leave or they're less likely to you know they're going to need me more yep. um but it's actually not, it's actually safer to go for confident guys because confident guys have a much more secure attachment yep. and they're um and, and they're gonna like allow you to shine they're not gonna be so threatened by everything and they're not going to take everything so personally and they're able you know when they're confident like things slide off a lot easier Than if they're insecure
0: and they're going to let you be you and have freedom and do the things that you're on this planet to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they want that for you and they'll help. They'll even help you, you know, like people will think that they need to like have it all, uh, together and everything perfect before they meet their person, uh, or before they find love. And it's not true. It's like when you meet the right person, they help you be that, what you want to be like, they're actually part of what, uh, what fuels that and what um, inspires you and, and helps you to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. So it's like, you can go on that growth path together. It's not true that you have to be like all perfect in order to, to find love and that you already have to, you know, be so the, you know, the, the best version of yourself. Like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I love that. That's so true. So something you talked about earlier when you were talking about the type of work you do, and I know we've talked about a lot about, relationships and romance in in the type of work that you do. But I also know you work with anyone and everyone who is having blocks in their life. So a lot of people that listen to the podcast are business owners, entrepreneurs, people who are barely, very spiritually in tune and are growing their businesses. And a, and a question that I'm often getting or a variation of the question is, how do I manifest the things that I am desiring, my heart's desires in my business?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And so, yeah, the tools that I use with neurocoaching, like neurolinguistic programming is really about, um, it's, you know, it's understanding the language of your brain and of your mind. So we all, as we talk, we're saying like the way we talk to ourselves and the way that we talk out loud, it matters. Like the words we say matter and our, our brains, our subconscious minds don't they can't differentiate like from truth and not truth and from positive and negative. So if you're saying, you know, I, you know, if if you're always coming from a place of fear of everything that can't work, like what can go wrong, like, let's see, all the things that can go wrong, then that's, that's how your mind is wired. So you start to create neural pathways and your brain is, is focusing creating neural networks on everything that can go wrong. And so you're, you're actually more likely to attract that. You're going to make that familiar and you're going to, spot it and make it, you're more likely to make that a reality versus if you think what's the best that can happen Mm -hmm. with this, what's the best thing that can happen? What, you know, what do I want to happen with this? What is my dream tuning into your dream and your vision for it and really going from that place of, and you know, it'll, it'll make such a difference with anything you want to do. So with business, you know, if you want to create a certain business and it feels right now completely out of your out of your realm, you know, it's like something so, you know, it feels far away. It's like, you wanna make it really close, really familiar. You wanna, you know, you wanna spend time with it. So you, you know, going into that moment of like, what, you know, what exactly are you gonna see and hear and feel and making that experience very real right now, as if it's already happening. So that then you, it starts to become familiar. You start to create neural networks for it. You start to um, identify the opportunities. Your brain starts to be wired for that. And then you're so much more likely to make it a reality. And um, yeah.
0: When people are going through that exercise of what is like the best, what is the best thing that can happen and being in it and feeling as if it has already happened, do you think that it's most effective to be thinking about it or writing about it or both?
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, there are vision boards and there's journaling and there's, um, you know, all these different tools that you can use and ideal scenes and all of that. But the most important thing, the thing that works the best and the fastest is really like tuning into it as if it's happening right now. So it's like meditating on it almost, but it's not, it's so important to be associated. So, so that it's, it's happening to you. It's not like some version of you in the future that you're imagining um, and it's happening to her it's like, that's way less powerful than if you put yourself in that situation and you feel it happening to you and you see it as if it's happening and you imagine it like as if it's happening right now to you in this moment. So that is what uh, makes it more likely to happen and getting clarity, getting, so in terms of manifestation, how manifestation works is uh, it's very simple and it's really like down to three things. One thing is clarity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like laser clarity on your, on your vision, exactly. What do you want specifically and why? So that you're really tuned into your why as well. So you know what you want, you know why you want it. It's very clear. Number two is intentionality. So what you feed with your energy grows. So feeding, putting your energy into that, your positive energy into what you want into that vision. And so, you know, you're thinking about it, you're spending time with it. You're really, you're, you're, you're feeding it. And then Number three is aligned action. So it's, you know, just thinking about it and imagining it and all of that is great, but it's not enough if you don't do anything about it. So then it's like doing everything in your power to make it a reality with your actions. And so you need to be like, and fully aligned for it. So if there's any limiting beliefs or blocks that come up, like that's when you need a coach or someone to help you to release that because we all have uh, blind spots. We all have, you know, every single person has limiting beliefs, blind spots. And so that's where it's really helpful to have someone who can see what's blocking you, what's getting in your way and help you to release that and and shift those beliefs.
0: The aligned action is (coughs) that I find people will miss, or, I mean, there's parts of everything you're saying. I see, I would miss, other people miss but I see the aligned action. There are, there are some people who think that they can just journal it, envision it, and it will just be, it will just happen and mm-hmm. they the action piece.
1: Yeah. And really what that is, I think, is um, being in your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's being able to have the courage to go outside of your comfort zone and face whatever your fears you have, because it's human to have fears. Everybody has fears nobody's fearless, like that word is is just not true. Everybody has fears and it's just a question of how brave and courageous you are to overcome that and to do it anyway, to do it with the fear, to have the fear and be like, okay, I feel the fear and I'm gonna do it anyway. (laughs) And and that's where it's so important to have that clear, when you have that, that clarity of vision and your why and you've spent time with it and you've imagined it and you've put your energy towards it, Um, and and it's so important that the energy is, you know, it's like, if you think about the problems that can happen or all, you know, all of your problems, you're going to have more problems because you're focusing your energy on your problems. So it's like focusing your energy on your vision and what everything that can happen from it as if it's already happening. And then it's like really taking those action steps. So yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people get stuck on the action part and even, you know, a lot of law of attraction, uh, you know, stuff that's out there. Like it, it doesn't really address that part. It just, no, just like think about it and it'll come to you.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. something really special that you do that I experienced with you is when you talk about the clarity of your vision and your why and, and being in the energy of that as it, as if it's happening right now, like living in it, feeling it, something you do that I had never experienced until I did it with you was you, you talk, so Vanessa does this thing where she talks you through uh, in a meditation, it's almost like it felt like a meditation, your dreams as if they are happening in this present moment and what you're feeling and why you're feeling and like the really deep, deep, deep level of the feeling that if you weren't there to guide me through it, I would not have thought about it and felt it like in my body, the way I did.
1: Mm, yeah. And that's key for it to come true. Uh, you know, from, you know, I, have uh, read a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've heard of him, Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of that. It, it's, it's like, it's, they've done a lot of research on, you know, what, like how it works, you know, in terms of making things like that, a reality, how people are able to manifest. And so much of it is, is the feeling it in your body and the connecting to the emotion of it. So just thinking about it intellectually is not enough. They found that when people think about it intellectually, it, it's, it's very unlikely for it to happen. Um, it's actually, it's only when they connect to it emotionally and physically that, that then it's, it's more, it, there's like a huge percentage chance, I can't remember, but it's, a, there's, it's much more likely to become true. And I know that writing it down, just writing it down uh, in present tense makes it 40% more likely to come true. So just that, so it's, it's like, and that, that comes down to the clarity again. So it's like, when you write it down, you're, you're organizing your thoughts in, in a place that's tangible. So it's not just floating around in your mind. And you might even realize a lot in writing it down because you start to, oh, and I want this and that, and and you start to get more specific. Mm -hmm. And so all of that makes it more tangible and more real. And then it's like, and then you can spot it, it becomes familiar. And so then you're drawn to it. It's like, because there's so much going on in the world, we can't focus on everything. So it's all about what you choose to focus on. That's your choice, that's your filter. And, and so yeah, I help people to change their filters. If their filters aren't working for them, if what you're seeing and the stories that you have about your life and what you're manifesting isn't what you want, it's not working for you, then, then you can change it. Like that's the good news because there's neuroplasticity. Now we know that you can rewire your brain at, at any age and you can create new neural networks. And so it's it's very exciting. You can always change it. And a lot of times it's not even yours. It's epigenetics, or it's like the voice of someone that you internalized in childhood that's not even your voice. Yeah. Like fears or, you know, beliefs from family members or from friends or from certain situations that you absorb super young and they're, you know, and then they're directing your life.
0: Totally. I love this. I love the work that you're doing. It's so important so important for people to realize that because I think a lot of us are told like you are who you are and that's it and we're kind of told to go through life in this with this story and this conditioning and I love the work that you do because you're really teaching people no you have you have the power to change the story and to change the inner dialogue and to change ultimately the outcome of your life
1: yeah yeah 100 percent and I did it. I mean, I absolutely, I did it myself. I've done, I've seen it work with hundreds of clients. So I know it's possible for anyone to change their story, to change their identity beliefs. It's like, I used to tell myself I'm inconsistent. Like I'm an inconsistent person. I'm inconsistent. I believe that. And, uh, and then, you know, and, and I rewired that for myself, like suddenly it was like, you know what? No, I'm consistent, I am consistent. Like I started to see like where that came from and it came from when I was a teenager that I didn't wanna be boring, so I became really inconsistent. <laughs> and, and then I kind of absorbed that like, oh, I'm inconsistent and that's just who I am. And then it's like, no, you can, you can change that. Suddenly I was like, you know what? I've actually been very consistent about certain things, about really big overarching things. When I think about, you know, I've always been consistently looking for adventure. I've always been consistently uh, you know, looking for growth and into growth. And you know, like when I started to see it from a different perspective, I actually found a ton of evidence that I am consistent. And then I was able to like, once I realized that I became more consistent in my work and in all kinds of things. So it's like, when you change the belief about yourself, then it manifests in your life too. It's, it's so interesting how that works I know, and you find evidence for it.
0: Yeah. I love that. How can people find you, connect with you, work with you? Are you currently taking one-on-one coaching clients?
1: So I am currently almost at capacity with one-on-one coaching clients, but I am taking maybe a couple more this month. And then I, um, and I am launching, uh, my online program. So that is on Valentine's day. It's launching and it'll be open for maybe a couple weeks, uh, where people can, can join. And it's a group coaching program where I'm going to teach you how to neuro coach yourself, uh, for love. So you can unblock yourself through all of these really powerful tools of neuro coaching and, um, and spiritual psychology. And, you know, my 10 years of trainings and experience, like I distilled it and I made it really digestible and really easy for people to absorb in uh, these very interact. it's like interactive videos that you can do in your own time from the comfort of your home. And yeah, and I'm very excited for that. And it's with group coaching and for the first few people who join, they will get a session with me as well to a breakthrough session. So yeah, this is, I, I'm so excited for that because it's going to be like an incredible community of women as well. Already, I've, the people who are joining are just like amazing, amazing women. I so, know. yeah, that would be one way. Another, uh, people can uh, reach me at um, Vanessa at begravitas.com if they have any questions or if they want to connect with me personally. Um, that's my personal email. And then uh, also my website, uh, begravitas.com. So, B E uh scom g-r-a-v-i-t-a-s dot com. So gravitas, it's like to be gravitas. So gravitas is all about like um the confidence and the energetic power to attract your heart's desire. And so that's that's what the name is. Um and yeah that's where you can find more information about about the work.
0: And then also Vanessa's on Instagram also at the gravitas and she's always sharing so much advice, so much wisdom, so much information. So make sure that you go over and follow her on Instagram as well. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast and just sharing all of your wealth of knowledge and experience and information. I'm so thankful for you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so grateful to be here and to share with, uh, with your, with your audience and everyone. I hope that this served everyone to, oh. to learn about this.
0: It definitely has you guys love this episode, please take a screenshot, share it on your story and tag myself and Vanessa on Instagram. Tell us what you loved about the episode. I love you guys. I hope you have such a beautiful week and I will see you next week on the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, I would be beyond thankful if you would share this podcast on your Instagram story and share with me what about the episode with me or with my guests that you loved. Also, please remember if you love this podcast to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss out on all of the incredible guests and topics that we have lined up for you during this crazy year. And as always, if there is ever a guest or a topic or anything you would like for me and a guest to discuss, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Regina A. Lawrence. Lots of love, guys.